0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? Here they come on third and five, Wilson, well somehow escapes, he's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass, Wilson stays in bounds, he's still going, and he's in, touchdown! Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Now the middle, he's got it, Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10... The five, touchdown! Two is buried! That was Sauce Gardner coming in hot! Garrett Wilson, here he goes! Goodbye, and hello, Enzo! Van Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brace Hall, looking for history! Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen.
2: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And we're going to take a look at the film From the Jets' come-from-behind victory 24-20 over the Pittsburgh Steelers With our friend who takes a look at the All-22 for us On the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel YouTube.com Slash playlikeajet, the thunder From down under, Mr. Luke Grant Luke, what's up brother?
3: I'm doing pretty well, Scott It's always better to have a wake uh, after a Jets win rather than a loss. It was unexpected in the fourth quarter to have a second 10-point deficit deficit overturned on the road. You just don't see those kind of things, those nice kind of things as a Jets fan. So that's yeah, enjoyable.
2: Must have been especially enjoyable for you, Luke, because in Australia you have to wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning to watch these games. So when they go sideways, it's got to be especially painful for you. So On the other end, when it goes well, it has to feel like vindication for waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I would imagine it's sort of the same way when you go through the film. When you go through the film on a week when the Jets played really poorly, it has to be a lot more of a chore than when the Jets played well or they had some sort of comfort behind win. That's when the film is a lot of fun to break down. So let's start, of course, with the most important player on this team, Zach Wilson, the quarterback. For three quarters, he wasn't very good. It wasn't entirely his fault. The offensive line struggled a lot. We know that, and we're going to get to the offensive line in a bit. There were some drop passes, too. So it wasn't entirely on Zach Wilson, but he had missed throws. And even in the fourth quarter, that second-to-last drive where he did a really good job, There was that one pass where he tried to underthrow it and it almost got intercepted. It got deflected. Then there was another where Brees Hall was wide open on a screen and he missed him. And I think that's one thing that popped on film, unfortunately, Luke, in a negative way is that Zach Wilson is still having trouble with those easy throws, those layups. But overall, you take a look at what he did in the fourth quarter, how he was able to use his legs to get out of the pocket and avoid getting sacked more than he did. 22 pressures and was only sacked once, which is remarkable. And in that fourth quarter he was throwing laser after laser after laser Just moving the team with precision Our friend Chris Walker, who of course is the co-founder of PlayLikeAJet.com Said it best You want Zach Wilson to turn into that guy where there's two minutes left in the game The Jets are down by one score And fans of the opposing team are sitting there saying Oh no, I can't believe they left two minutes on the clock for Zach Wilson He's going to burn us And he seemed to take a huge step in that direction On Sunday, especially in the fourth quarter against the Steelers,
3: you know what? I think you pretty much summed it up perfectly Scott for me in quarters one to three. It was a mixed bag from Zach from the offensive line from the wide receiver group when you're a young inexperienced quarterback and Zach's only starting his 14th game as an NFL player. He's not a talent multiplier yet. He's not a guy that will overcome and lift up the Jets game after game after game at this point in his career. To some extent, he will be a product of his environment. Obviously, the Jets O-line up until the fourth quarter are allowing a 45% pressure rate, which is unheard of. Coming out of halftime, they had three drops. And then Zach had some inconsistencies too. The throw before halftime, he needs to never throw again. You cannot take three points off the board. Um, Even if people believe Corey Davis got his feet down on the catch, the snap, prior you can't make that mistake yeah good job from the corner peeling off reading that ball but zach's got to protect the ball and take three points into halftime and now it's a six point swing and it really should have cost us the game the momentum has gone right there as you mentioned he missed a couple of swing passes fired a couple of uh, screen passes those little things going all the way back to the atlanta game in week four or five of 2021 he needs to get better but then in the fourth quarter, and this is what I keep coming to, Scott, when the chips are on the middle of the table and you need your guy to come and be the guy, Zach Wilson was phenomenal. 10 for 12 in the last quarter, 6 for 6 for 54 yards in the last drive. But I don't even think that really does him justice. It's the situations that his team put him in that he then overcame. I, I talked about how he's not quite there yet on a snap-to-snap basis, but in the fourth quarter, he was that dude. He was You know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady, that kind of player who takes over the game. The Jets are in a first and 20, uh, fourth and seven, third and 14, multiple third and sixes. There were no third and fourth and shorts. Everything was intermediate to long. And his ability to make the right reads and the thing that stood out on the tape the most, if you look at the review I have up now on Play Like a Jet YouTube, was his eye manipulation. He started to do this really well over the middle of the field against the Tampa Bay Bucks, against the Miami Dolphins late last year. You saw that. He was moving, freezing, and and kind of opening holes and windows against Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the best defensive players in the game. If he can consistently do that and do it throughout four quarters rather than the fourth quarter, I think we could have something special on our hands. So I liked the improvement I saw in the fourth quarter. I saw plenty of rust. But just remember, when you're evaluating a young quarterback, they're going to be, to some extent, a product of their of their environment. We took it all.
1: To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play
0: like a jet. Play like a jet.
2: Let's talk wide receivers now, Luke. Corey Davis was a revelation As basically a big slot Over the middle just making tremendous Plays Elijah Moore got Open in the first half and made some Plays didn't do as much in the second Half Garrett Wilson had his moments As well there were some drops too so once You get into that especially Tyler Conklin who continues to pile Up some decent stats but makes A lot of very disappointing plays He had the two fumbles the first Two weeks this past week Against the Steelers the ball that bounced off his chest, ended up being intercepted by Minka Fitzpatrick. Dissect the wide receivers for me, the good, the bad, the ugly.
3: It was a funny game, Scott, because you look at the box score and Corey Davis and Elijah Moore just exceeded 50 yards. I think Garrett Wilson had two catches for 41 yards, but they all looked pretty good. I think that trio was pretty explosive. There were some big plays. Corey Davis was the standout. I think at times... I'm caught in between. I want to say we're too hard on Corey Davis because he's done some really nice things. And even last year when we thought he was having a terrible season, he was on pace for a 1,000 yards when he got hurt. The drops are the killer, and we expect better than that from a veteran. But speaking specifically about Sunday against the Steelers, his catches over the middle of the field, the back shoulder ball on the final drive where he may not have actually caught it, but they didn't review it because the Jets were really smart and got to the line of scrimmage. Corey Davis was the guy that chemistry with Zach Wilson looked like he had against Tennessee in week five of 2021. So, you know, they had that connection and he really was the guy for Zach Wilson in his first game back. If there was a big snap. Look, I'm not saying Zach was looking for Corey Davis, but often enough, the ball found him and he was getting open at the stem and the top of his route. And that was really good to see. I think Garrett Wilson, again, was open a fair bit. I saw a a statistic today that out of all the wide receivers in the NFL, the guy who is beating man coverage at the highest percentage, 54%, is Garrett Wilson. NFL wide. That's not a rookie stat. That's an NFL wide stat. So he's doing a fantastic job. The reason that he and Elijah Moore didn't get the ball a ton, and this is talking really holistically about Moore's season, is because they're running some vertical routes and the Jets could not pass block. Like They could not pass block for the first three quarters. Zach Wilson, as you mentioned, had, depending who you listen to, between 19 and 22 pressures faced on 39 dropbacks, an unreal percentage. So those guys aren't going to get the football if they're on deeper routes and Zach doesn't have time or Joe doesn't have time to get their eyes to that spot and that part of the progression. So that's going to come with better pass blocking. That's going to come if Dwayne Brown gets healthy. Elijah Vera Tucker keeps playing well. We see an improvement out of Tomlinson, who's been terrible so far. So all in all, I thought their statistics really didn't tell the full picture. I thought they got open a lot. I thought they presented some opportunities, but the Jets couldn't quite take advantage of all of those. But yeah, Corey Davis was, was the star for us, particularly down the stretch.
2: Offensive line Luke 22 pressures it speaks for itself that's insane and if that happens anything close to on a regular basis Zach Wilson's not going to make it through the rest of the season no quarterback can withstand that over and over and over again However there were some positive Signs in the fourth quarter for Instance when Nate Herbig entered the Game at guard he played pretty well Elijah Vera Tucker had some shaky Moments at first but he looked Very comfortable at left tackle After a while Connor McDermott Wasn't good per se but he wasn't Anywhere near as bad as you would have expected Connor McGovern was basically Connor McGovern I think the big Disappointment here on the offensive line and This has been a trend so far this season Was Lakin Tomlinson he was a lot worse than you would have expected and of course they got no push in the running game that's the real downside here in the fourth quarter they stepped up did what they needed to do but this was a day where the offensive line wasn't bringing their best although we should say that Elijah Vera Tucker did a very good job in a very tough spot as did Nate Herbig
3: I want to give everyone some context at home and this was a statistic that they mentioned in the broadcast the Pittsburgh Steelers without TJ Watt on the field for the last two weeks have averaged a um, pressure percentage of 19%, which is incredibly low for the Pittsburgh Steelers, never mind any NFL defense. Against the Jets, they were upwards of 40%. They doubled their pressure percentage without TJ Watt. And that speaks to the O-line play of the Jets rather than the Steelers suddenly having a breakout game because that's not what happened. Tomlinson's been a concern, Scott. There were times... Uh, Even I look back to the penultimate drive. Zach Wilson had a scramble on third and 14. It's in the video um, where there was a a simple stunt and he hands off the lead to Elijah Vera Tucker. but he gets too concerned. He doesn't pick up the twist straight through the A-gap and Zach Wilson's got someone screaming at him. He's got to evade and picks up seven yards with his legs. It's just not good enough. He's not getting any push in in the run game right now. And look, this is almost incredible to say, and I speak about the whole offensive line unit here. Even though they let up it let in 19 or 21 pressures, it was almost more concerning to me that they didn't get any push in the run game. And that's, I feel like that's incredible to say, and it's such a weird thing, but they literally could not get a yard on first down. Every time that Mike LaFleur dialed up a run, I think about all the way through until the fourth quarter outside of the last three plays, they just couldn't go anywhere. Bryce Hall was getting smacked in the backfield. Michael Carter was too. Uh, And that's just, the Jets should be doing better than that. Elijah Verataka is a great run blocker. Tomlinson was one of the best run blocking guards in the NFL last year. Connor McGovern's always been solid. He's a top 10 center in the run game. He can do it fine. He gets to the second level, can climb a combo block. What's happening to this offensive line? I know there's injuries. I get it. But by the sum of their pieces, they should be better than what they were. They need to be better than what they were because the Miami Dolphins are front sevens coming to town, and I promise you they're going to do more than the Pittsburgh Steelers did last week.
2: Luke, as far as running backs go, you took a look at Brees Hall's numbers at the end of the game, 66 yards rushing. He was able to get a touchdown at the end, the game-winning touchdown. And it just didn't seem like it was possible based on the way that the offensive line was blocking. But he had a few nice runs. Brees Hall was really showing off his potential again in this game. He's going to be a really good player once the offensive line actually finds a way to open up some holes for him and Michael Carter.
3: You know what? I think this was the best that Brees Hall has looked. And again, don't look at the box score. Look at what he was able to do. He, he amassed, amassed 78 yards, which doesn't sound like a ton, but it was hardly an offensive, you know, showdown between the Jets and the Steelers. I thought his vision between the tackles was good. A couple of times, he got on some second-level defenders quickly. I think that's that speed, that sneaky sneaky 4-4 speed that you don't sometimes see on tape. You're starting to see him get to guys quicker than they think. They don't take the best angle, and he's able to break a tackle because of that. You have a guy like Michael Carter paired with him who breaks a ton of tackles because of his um, ability to escape to make people miss in a phone booth. That's not Brees Hall. He's more get out in space, make one move, and beat him with speed and strength, and he's a bigger back, obviously. So I think he was really impressive. His hands have been much better after I think he dropped a pass in the Cleveland game in Week 2. He's been pretty reliable as a check down target, had a couple of catches uh, on the weekend against Pittsburgh. So I think even though the offensive line played their worst, it was good to say Brees Hall play his best. And if we can get mediocre play out of the offensive line, you'd expect Brees Hall to have even more success. And the same goes for Michael Carter. I think that tandem is still both very talented. And I think they have a, a high upside. So hopefully the Jets can establish this run, which is so important to this Shanahan, Lafleur Kubiak-style scheme. We're going to have some success, but they have to get it done. It was good to see it on the last drive, those last three plays, but they need more of it. Excuse the birds in the background. I'm at work. They're going crazy. But yeah, pretty happy with Brees Hall. I think he took a step forward again.
2: The birds like Brees Hall, too. That's why they entered the room. They wanted to back you up on that one, Luke. Defensively, finally some pressure from the front seven. It was Quinn Williams again, just dominating. As Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football on NFL Network said, he was all over the field, stopping the run, getting to the passer. You put together some good video on that on Twitter, and I'm sure we're going to have something later in the week over at YouTube.com/slash/PlayLikeAJet. And Bryce Huff, this guy needs to play. Only nine snaps, but had three pressures. Led the team. He'd been inactive before this game. I think this shows that they made a mistake keeping him inactive all this time. And they need to have him on the field more. So Quentin Williams once again doing his job dominant up front. And Bryce Huff coming in getting the job done. Let's also talk about Jermaine Johnson too, Luke, because he looked really good in this game. His run defense is already excellent. His pass rushing is coming along. He had another sack. Carl Lawson had a terrible penalty, but he got himself a sack as well. So overall, probably the best showing for this Jets front seven.
3: Yeah, I think that was, that was solid. Uh, Quinton Williams was outstanding, and that's no surprise. And everyone thinks I'm a massive Quinton Williams homer, and they're probably right. But Quinton Williams is the best player on this football team. He had three pressures. He had a sack. He had another QB hit where somehow... Pickett got the ball to uh, to the tight end, uh, Fryer Muth over the middle of the field, and they got into the red zone end up scoring a touchdown. But Quinnen Williams can't do anything more than beat his man in 2.4 seconds, even though social media will tell you otherwise that's all a defensive lineman can do is to control and compete in his block and, and win in his area. And Quinnen keeps on doing that. He's been a monster in the run game. He takes on double teams. He's penetrating when he's asked to. He's just been everywhere. Something that stood out that you don't see a ton from Quinnen or well, haven't in the pros was the sideline-to-sideline side stuff chased down Kenny Pickett and pushed him out of bounds with a huge effort on the second of the last drive that the Steelers had before MC2 took the ball away. Had another play where he strung a a running back down the line of scrimmage, ended up making the play. You just see this guy busting his gut. It's still inexcusable, these playing 61% of snaps. Look, I don't want to hear about the rot- the rotation. The Jets aren't that good on the defensive line. They're fine. And it's a good group, but they're not, you know, the 49ers of 2019, but QW was a star. Uh, Bryce Huff, look, to have two or three pressures in nine pass rushing reps is great. The Jets got them in some obvious passing situations. That's going to be the key because clearly the coaching staff don't think he can defend the run, so they don't think he can. And whether we think that or not, there's a reason that Sulla has been so good at cultivating these great defensive line groups, and he believes that Bryce Huff is a liability in that area. So it's about getting him in the field. Uh, in in areas and times where he can succeed, and that's rushing the passer on second and third and long. Did a nice job of that. Had a couple of pressures. Nearly got home on the Quinn and Williams sack as well. And then speaking about JJ, um, look, I think it's two or three times I've been watching games this, this year out of only four games, and I've tweeted, geez, he looks really good in the running game. He's already a very, very good run defender. And look, I understand this is a passing league, and there's more to life than just defending the run. But you have to earn the right to rush the passer. That means first and second down, stop the run, give yourself an opportunity to get them behind the sticks and to pin your ears back and go. And he's giving the Jets their best opportunity to do it. He needs to be playing more. I think he played 38 to 40% of snaps. Again, nowhere near enough for a guy that looks like one of the Jets' best two starting defensive ends. It kicks JFM inside more. There's so many benefits. Um, So, look, I think the group was good. I'm not going to get... Super encouraged. Pittsburgh are a poor offensive line. In my opinion, I think they were pretty good, but they need to take another step forward. The matchup to watch this week is going to be the left guard, uh, Liam Eichenberg, I think that's his name, against Quinn and Williams. That's where he lines up in that right-hand side three-tech. That is an opportunity for the Jets. Uh, He's letting the second-most pressures in the NFL this year among all guards, so watch that space. This could be a huge week for QW.
2: Luke, before we get to the secondary, I want to talk about the biggest weakness that we've seen from the Jets outside of, before this game, their inability to really pressure the quarterback, and that is their inability to defend the middle of the field. This was the biggest weakness that the Jets displayed again on Sunday. They had a lot of trouble with Pat Fryermuth. Talk to me about what you saw there. What's going wrong?
3: Yeah, just some of their zone responsibilities, uh, the match coverage. I just think they're not quite putting it together properly. I think CJ Mosley has had some flashes, but overall hasn't played great. I thought Quan was a little disappointing in my opinion. I mentioned the play where Quinnon hit, um, I was going to say Trubisky, no, it was Kenny Pickett uh, in the red zone. He ended up finding Frymouth down the seam. Um, that was one where Quan Alexander was in a man coverage. They had a switch release. He just didn't get himself in a great position. I know it's a difficult matchup for a linebacker, but it's something he can definitely do. He's great in pass coverage. So I think he was a little underwhelming on the weekend and, really i think they were the the level that second level of the defense is kind of what let the jets down because look they didn't let the jets down the jets had a good day they kept the steelers to 20 points they took the ball away four times but in context they were playing a terrible football team the pittsburgh steelers suck and i'm coming from a jets fan so Quan and quinnin Sorry, Quan and CJ need to do a better job um, fortifying that second level. Uh, They've done a pretty good job in running downs. Teams haven't really run on the Jets this year. I think they're top 10 in yards per carry allowed. But in the passing game, they're still a bit of a liability. I expect tight ends to continue to have success, and they're going to need to improve against Mike Giuseppe. So they're probably the guys that have been most disappointing. But, gee, those guys directly behind them, those safeties played a lot better this week, and that's going to help them.
2: You want to talk about a bounce back, Luke, the Jets' secondary this past week. LaMarcus Joyner went from being one of the worst safeties in the league to one of the best safeties in the league. Huge pass breakup, two interceptions. This was the best he's played as a Jet. Jordan Whitehead, much better. He ended up with an interception. Sauce Gardner had a really good game. DJ Reed, this is probably his weakest game as a Jet, but still, I wouldn't exactly say he was bad per se. This was much more along the lines of what Jets fans and I'm sure Jets coaches and front office people thought the secondary was going to look like when they revamped it with all these new pieces this offseason.
3: You know what I love about what you just said, Scott, is that all those things rang true. All those players played so well and still nobody's talking about Michael Carter the mm-hmm. second and It's fantastic. It just speaks to the depth of this team because you said everything was right. The three best players for the Jets secondary were easily Source, uh, Joyner and Whitehead. But you've still got Michael Carter, who even in the fourth quarter when he lost uh, against Pickens, he was in the slot. He had a China fade. He's a big receiver. He was in the perfect positioning and he just lost. That happens sometimes. What happens next? He gets the tipped interception, he takes the ball away, and the Jets win the football game. That speaks to how deep this group is right now, particularly at corner. They're not even dressing Bryce Hall half the time, so I think it speaks volumes about this football team. I have to talk about the safeties, though. Joyner has been so bad, and he literally played the game of his life. That's the best game I've seen from a Jet safety, and that's probably including a lot from Jamal Adams. He had two interceptions, six passes defended, he was everywhere on the field. He was part of that crazy interception on halftime where Whitehead took it and was pitching the ball around everywhere. They just played with this confidence that we hadn't seen. Yes, some of that is because they played the Steelers and the Steelers' quarterbacks are very poor, but their skill position players are very good. Join his pass breakup when he went up the ladder. I think he's only five foot nine and he got all the way up and deflected that ball for uh, the interception for Whitehead off Claypool's hands. That's a big boy play. That's a difficult play to make. That isn't just someone throwing you the football and you get a very easy interception at the back end. This was a really nice play and it was a really good performance from him and from Whitehead. And then Source just continues to go. I mean, his numbers are phenomenal. His completion percentage, passer uh, rating allowed when thrown into targets to Source, all of those things just scream elite corner already through four games. It's scary for the NFL because the Jets have a great potential outside corner, lockdown man corner on their hands. Does a great job in the zone. I keep talking about it every week on the podcast. It feels like I say, remember back in the draft, though, when Source was actually the best zone corner? We saw that again. The interception, Michael Carter said he baited him. He up, he sat off enough. He forced Pickett to make that throw. He closed extremely well, did a great job on Pickens, and that ball pops up, and Michael Carter takes it away. So, that group was fantastic. Even DJ Reed, he was in some pretty good spots. He got beaten occasionally, but I didn't look at him getting toasted and roasted and really causing some issues for the Jets. He wasn't a liability. It just wasn't his best performance of the year. So a good performance, but now you've done it against the Steelers. Can you do it against the Miami Dolphins? Because they are fast, they are furious, and even though they've got Teddy B at quarterback, those skilled position players are still pretty scary.
2: Going to be very interesting to see those Miami wide receivers, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill up against Sauce Gardner and DJ Read Clash of the Titans, and if you think that Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Kill are going to have a big day, or maybe you think they're not going to have as big day as other people are anticipating, make sure that you do what I'm doing: go over to PrizePicks.com and take a look at their daily fantasy projections. See if you think that Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Kill. Are going to have more or less than their projections this week. When you play over at prizepicks.com, you're not playing against anybody else. You're just playing against those projections. And if you win, you can win up to 10 times the money that you put in. Very easy. You go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code PLAJ, and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks. If you put in 50 bucks, they'll give you 50 bucks. Use the promo code PLAJ. And get in on the fun right now over at prizepicks.com. Luke, any other film observations that we didn't touch on yet from the Jets' Week 4 performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers?
3: Yeah, I would like to talk about the coaches briefly and what I saw on film after watching that back. I think it was some good and some bad for game management in particular. The negative was before halftime, and we saw the Zach Wilson interception, the Carl Lawson unnecessary roughness penalty, and then you get a 59-yard field goal, the longest that's ever been kicked at Heinz Field. That's terrible man and clock management and discipline and all those things you need to see in the final two minutes of a half. But then in the second half, they got it right, and you got to give them credit. They did a really good job. There was the decision uh, to rush to the line of scrimmage and not let the NFL refs check the drop or potential drop of Corey Davis on the last drive. There was the the decision to run the ball and wind the clock all the way down to 18 seconds on first and 10 from the 15-yard line or from the 12-yard line, wherever the Jets were. Um, I loved uh, the decision to play AVT at left tackle. There was some good and there was some bad, but I thought it was very interesting looking at how that went, how the game flowed, the Jets letting in 20 points straight and then being able to bounce back. This coaching starts under pressure, in my opinion. And look, it's going to be alleviated by getting some of these wins. I still think they're making quite a few mistakes. So look, I'm keen to see how they develop. I want Rob Vinci yet, but at least that final two minutes gave me some hope because they actually contributed to the Jets' win. It wasn't just what was happening on the field.
2: Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the All-22 film from the Jets' victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-20 in week number four. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything we've got up over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com playlikeajet, talk about what's up there now, what's coming, and also everything we have in our store over at teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com.
3: You know what, the YouTube stuff um, is just super exciting at the moment. So many All-22 film breakdowns, kind of between 8 and 12 minutes, digestible pieces of information. Um, this week we're going to have a piece, there's already one up on Zach Wilson, we talked about it briefly today. Uh, there's going to be another one on Elijah Tucker and how he saved the day playing left tackle for the Jets this week. We're going to take a look at Brees Hall. We'll always take a look at some of the, the rookies, uh, Source Gardner, Garrett Wilson, all those kind of guys. I think I'll touch on the Jets' safeties because of the turnaround we saw from them. It's just an exciting time. It's always great to watch the Jets win. Some of the things you can't see on the TV tape, you're just kind of watching the game that kind of get lost some of those nuances. So make sure you check us out. Subscribe over on the YouTube channel because we're rolling over there. And then T Public is uh, is really cool. Have some awesome designs that, that we put together. Uh, the Zach Wilson says go long range. Zap the Ripper that you can see on Tommy's uh, Tommy's Twitter. If you if you make sure you follow Tommy's, he's a great part of our team here at Play Like the Jet. Does a lot of stuff for the website. Has some awesome statistics. Uh, we've got Quinn and, Quinn and Williams. Bless you, thank you. Range with John Franklin. Myron in, in the image that my partner Alex put together. We have got Play Like a Jet logo merch. It's awesome. Head over there make sure you listen to the podcast you finish it's wrapping up head over to T public head over to the youtube and help yourself out Make sure you
2: check out our store at tpublic.com, that's tepublic.com. Visit our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet, and our website, playlikeajet.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.